Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at first, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Volume. What's up, guys? It's Jason from Hoops Tonight, presented by FanDuel. Football season is here, and there is no better place to get in on the action than with FanDuel. It's my favorite sports gambling app out there. It's safe, secure, and easy to use. They have exclusive offers, tons of ways to play like spread and money line, over-unders, team totals, same game parlays where you can combine multiple bets from the same game. My favorite feature is that cash-out feature. So if you already feel pretty good about your bet and you're in good shape but you don't want to lose whatever it is based on some stupid thing with garbage time at the end, you can cash out your winnings before the end of the game. Use promo code JasonT and download the FanDuel app today to make every moment more this football season. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Indiana, Louisiana, permitted parishes only, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXT STEP to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, Indiana, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY to 467-369 in New York. In Tennessee Redline, Dial 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia.
All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight, presented by FanDuel here at The Volume. Happy Wednesday, everybody. I hope all of you guys are having a great week so far. Today, we're going to be covering the epic showdown last night in Las Vegas between one of the most exciting NBA prospects ever in Victor Wembanyama out of France and Scoot Henderson, another in a long line of undersized but frighteningly athletic guards that have come up in the NBA. He's playing with the G League Ignite right now. I've seen highlights of these guys, but this was my first time getting to watch a full game of them. You guys know the deal. I don't focus too much on pre-draft or, or, or you know NBA prospects because I focus most of my energy on the league, but I've always um, had a great interest in players' skill sets and strengths and weaknesses, as you guys know when we talk about NBA players. So I wanted to share about 15, 20 minutes today on on the things that I saw and learned last night from that showdown. You guys know the drill before we get started. Subscribe to the Volumes YouTube channel so you don't miss any more of our videos. Follow me on Twitter at underscore Jason LT so you guys don't miss any show announcements, as well as film breakdowns. That's where I keep our NBA footage and voiceovers and things along those lines. I did two more videos yesterday, one on the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers and one on the Lakers. There's a Warriors breakdown on there. Lots of good stuff. I think I hit on the Raptors as well, as well as the Suns and some stuff with DeAndre Ayton. Lots of film breakdowns that are on the Twitter feed, so you're going to want to be there. And then last but not least, if you miss one of these shows for whatever reason and you can't get back over to YouTube to finish them, you can find them wherever you get your podcasts under hoops tonight. So we're going to keep this very simple. I'm going to go with Victor, talk about what I liked, what I think he needs to work on. Then we'll go to Scoot. Then I have one larger point I want to make about just player development in general. Then we'll get out of here. We'll keep it nice and easy today. So already, right now, before he gets any better, before he puts on any muscle, before anything, he already today would be the best rim protector slash stretch big that we have in the NBA. There are a lot of players in the league that kind of fit that archetype, right? Like we look at Carl Towns, who can shoot the shit out of the basketball, but he's not a very good defensive player, or Chris Dapps Porzingis, same type of thing, can shoot the ball pretty well, but just has never really amounted to as good of a defensive player as we hoped he would. Or we have guys like Anthony Davis, who in theory should have been that type of guy, but never really materialized offensively consistently enough and was one of the worst volume three-point shooters in the league last year, right? And then we have guys like Kevin Durant, who kind of are like that, but are more like a wing and once again, never really impacted the game enough defensively to fit that mold. We don't really have a guy in the league who's truly elite at both. Like, truly dominant around the rim as a rim protector, rim deterrent, and knockdown three-point shooter who's going to make more than one three-point shot per game. As a matter of fact, if we go back to last year, there were only two players in the entire NBA who averaged at least one block and at least two three-pointers made per game. Take a wild guess who you think that is. Carl Towns and LeBron James. I was stunned by that for two reasons. First of all, LeBron, that's just ridiculous. How, how is it that he keeps being on all of these weird <laughs> lists that I, that I form by just adding a couple of simple qualifiers? And then Carl Towns, I mean, he averages a block per game, but he's not known as a good rim protector around this league, which tells you, that confirms our suspicions that he might very well, in terms of a role player, 
a guy who just screens and dives to the rim or screens and pops to the three-point line and protects the rim on the other end, I'm not sure there's a player as good as Victor right now. And that instantaneously, before we go any further, makes him an extremely exciting prospect. The most important thing that I uh, appreciated about his shooting display last night was the array of footwork. You know, a lot of players work on catch-and-shoot shooting. That goes without saying. It's one of the easiest things to do. It's easy on your legs. You can go up to the gym and you could shoot 500 shots, and it's not going to wear you out because you're just stationary, right? And so one of the things that I work on a lot with my high school kids is all of our shooting drills have some sort of complication. So I have a pivot drill where the, the kids on the catch are always facing away from the basket and they have to reverse pivot with their right foot, reverse pivot with their left, uh, left foot, pivot over the top with their right foot, pivot over the top with their left foot, jump and spin and face the rim and a jump stop. I do that so that they get used to different footwork. Because when you're playing a basketball game, especially if you want to be a volume three-point shooter, meaning you want to take more than a couple a game, you need to be able to be adaptive with your release, meaning all of them are going to look different. Sometimes you're going to be coming over the top of the screen and, and curling, so you're going to have to plant really hard with that right foot and elevate up into the shot, or plant really hard with that left foot and elevate into the shot. Sometimes the the uh, uh, the guy chasing you over the screen is going to go under the screen, in which case you need to kind of flare back. Now it's a different type of footwork. It's more of like a shuffle step, right? If you're shooting off of the dribble, there's different footwork that you get to your shot from. Uh, if you're going to take volume three-point shots, a lot of them in a game, you have to be comfortable rising up out of any footwork. And so almost every shooting drill that I do with my kids is based on stuff like that. Even when I'm trying to work on catching or like shooting form in a stagnant environment, I'll have them do it on the move so that the they get used to establishing a base quickly. And if you looked at that game last night, Victor had a movement shot going to his right where he planted his left foot first and then planted his right foot and elevated into the shot. He had a similar one off of a dribble handoff in the second half where he planted his right foot first and then planted his left foot and elevated into his shot. He had a uh, jab. This first three, the first three-point shot he made early in the first quarter uh, on the left wing, jab step right, slide step with one dribble with his left hand, elevate up into a shot. Every conceivable type of three-point shot he took last night. And that's what's so exciting about him because there's really a ton of work to do elsewhere in his game. He gets pushed off of his spot way too easily. He's not very strong with the basketball, so when he catches in traffic, guys just take it away from him. Guys are constantly going to try to disrupt his base. My guess is because he's so tall and no one's really going to be able to bother his release, you're going to see a lot of teams go with a kind of like a P.J. Tucker type of defender on him. Somebody that's a little bit more of an undersized wing, but that's very strong that will try to disrupt his base for the purpose, knowing that they can't bother the top of his shot. So they'll try to bother the bottom of his shot by knocking him off balance. Rule number one with shooting, if you're off balance, it's just way more difficult. That's why all of the best step-back shooters and fadeaway shooters are actually very balanced when they're going up and down. It's not much of a dramatic fade. It's more of like physicality getting to a spot and then going straight up and down. Even when you see Steph take wild step-backs and you see James Harden take wild step-backs, they usually, if you, if you highlight just the end of the shot, they're going straight up and down. So attacking his base is going to be the best strategy with which to try to stop him. So everything with him is going to be working on footwork and fluidity in his release. You know, when I look at comps for Victor, 
I keep coming back to KD. And I know that sounds insane. Victor's going to be playing the five for basically his entire NBA career. But Kevin Durant, you know, Kevin Durant has one weakness. And it's kind of wild to even consider because we always think of him as like the perfect basketball player. But Kevin Durant doesn't get to the rim very well. He only averaged 1.7 restricted area makes per game last year. And one of his peers, who's considered and criticized frequently for not getting to the rim enough, is Paul George. And he averaged 2.2 restricted area makes per game last year. Guys like LeBron and Giannis are up at like 7 restricted area makes per game. I think Kawhi was around 5. Like So many of the bigger wings in the league, they get to the basket a lot. KD does not. And the reason why is with his upright frame, he's not actually overly quick compared to the other wings around the league, right? And then in addition to that, he's not going to win physical confrontations going in a, in a straight line. If KD drives in a straight line and the defender bumps him, he's going to give ground before the defender does in most cases. So KD smartly takes advantage of his physical advantage over those defenders, which is height and an extremely high release point. So even when he gets to the rim, a lot of times he stops short and takes Kevin Durant is one of the best short range jump shooters I've ever seen. Like he can make five foot jump shots, six foot jump shots. The vast majority of perimeter players, if they tried taking those shots, would shoot them over the rim because they just never practice them. They go all the way to the basket. That's kind of the way I see uh, Victor Wembanyama's shot profile developing. A lot of like the KD stuff where he starts down at the block and kind of sets his defender up and then just kind of runs up to the top of the key and catches and shoots like an 18 footer or 20 footer. You're going to see a lot of pick and pop. You're going to see a lot of moving, like dribbling the ball up at the floor in transition and pulling up a three. Or he, uh, Kevin Durant has made a, a living out of that, what he calls that tween has he I can't remember exactly what he calls it but where he has the ball in his left hand and he basically just does a dramatic hesitation and then rises straight up that move the defender is almost always right up right up on him but he's got a quick enough release and a high enough release point that he just shoots it over the top and he can knock it down those are the kinds of shots that I see Victor Wembanyama taking I the reason why I pulled that original stat that two three-pointers made in one block per game I think right away when he comes into the league Victor is going to be attempting at least six threes per game, if not seven or eight, because that's the best shot profile for him. Like, for instance, a Carl Towns takes about five three-point attempts per game, but he's big and strong and has a quick first step. So, like, he can physically impose his way to the rim. And while Victor, if he if he gets better at fighting for position, he will have some stuff around the rim. He's just not going to be slashing to the basket the way Carl Towns does or slashing to the basket the way so many of your more athletic wings do. I think this is a Kevin Durant type of shot profile. A ton of off-the-catch shooting, a ton of off-the-dribble shooting, a ton of pick-and-pop shooting, a, a heavy jump shot profile. And he's already one of the most proficient big men shooters that we see around the world. So I, I, I find that to be very, really, really exciting. And then on the defensive end of the floor, you know, so many of these guys that we talk about that are proficient from the perimeter, guys like KD, guys like Carl Towns, they, guys like Chris Apps Porzingis, they, they aren't as good on the defensive end as Victor already is. And he's got a long way to go. Like he still uh, gives up position a little too easily. He committed some fouls when he got out of position last night. But the truth of the matter is, is his length, covers up for most of his young guy mistakes at this point. He's impacting shots 
at the three-point line when he's standing four feet back, when a player decides to shoot and he raises up his hands, it's just a difficult target to shoot over. There was a Early in the game, Scoot Henderson made a really nice step back three at the top of the key. He got a ton of separation, and Victor still almost blocked it because of how long his arms are. So his combination of like that potential KD shot profile plus defensive impact, he could I I I want to see more. It's early. I don't like being hot take guy. I I, I it's it, I feel crazy saying this after one game, but he might be the best prospect at his age that I have ever seen because of the combination of shooting ability, height that gives him the release point over everybody in his defensive impact at this point. Very, very exciting stuff from Victor Wembanyama. We got a lot more uh, to watch of him over the course of the next year, and I will make a point of making some time um, uh, to watch him, but it's truly exciting stuff. I used to joke all the time that Kevin Durant, if he had ever committed to the defensive end of the floor, he could have been the GOAT. You guys have seen me say that on the show before. Well, I mean, obviously... Uh, Victor's got a, a like miles and miles to go in terms of offensive fluidity to get to where KD is, but defensively, he's got the ability to be many, many times as good as KD ever was on the defensive end of the floor. It's all very, very exciting. So Scoot Henderson, um, very undersized, 6'2". Even though he's built well, he's undersized, but he's frighteningly athletic. Just like that dunk he had in the first half where he took off just inside the free throw line. That's that's athleticism you only see from the very top, top, top tier athletes in the league. So that means he's the next in a very long line of hyper-athletic guards. Your Derrick Rose, your Russell Westbrook, your John Wall, your John Morant, right? We've seen this type of player in a bunch of different iterations. So we talked about this archetype, if you guys remember, over the summer when we did our superstar archetypes. And if you remember when I was talking about this superstar archetype, I had it at the bottom of my list because of the fact that they frequently have glaring flaws that kind of cancel out some of their great strengths. Like, for instance, Russell Westbrook never became a great defensive player and never became a great shooter. And so his freakish athleticism combined with strength and and, and ability to knock people off of their line, that just never amounted to the type of deep playoff impact that the bigger wings did because he never figured out the defensive end and because he could never shoot. John Wall, same type of thing. Never quite became the type of defensive player you needed. Jump shot never was consistent enough. You know, Derrick Rose, injuries did him in, but it was a lot of jump shooting stuff with him and defensive stuff with him as well. Looking at John Morant, the jump shot, it, it projects to be better than any of those guys, but defensively, he might be worse than all of them right now and worse than all of them ever were. So all of them have these glaring flaws. So, what I look at with those, uh, with those, that particular archetype is how well do they pass the ball? How well do they shoot the ball? What is their physical presence? Like, are they a short, super athletic guard that's super thin and can be knocked off his line? Or does he got some, you know, size to him that makes him a little bit more physically imposing? And the last but not least, defense. And so looking at Scoot, already passes the ball super well. The announcers were raving, it about, uh, raving about it last night, but it actually reminds me a lot of Westbrook. A natural feel for where open shooters are in the corners, and then um, at the basket, he's really good at drop-off passes and pocket passes and things along those lines. Obviously, just one game, so I want to see a lot more, but the natural passing feel is there. Shooting, the release looks good. It's really, really quick. Another thing that reminds me a lot of Russell Westbrook, he elevates a lot and has a very quick release, but he's already a much, much, much better shooter than Russell Westbrook ever has been. And then his handle looks pretty good. 
Looking at his physical presence, he's built like a truck already that will only get better as he gets older. What I like about that is that's what made uh, that's what made Russell Westbrook so dynamic getting to the basket is he was also bigger and stronger than most guards. That'll open up post-up stuff. Now, Scoot's a little bit shorter than Russ. Uh, it looks like he's at least an inch, if not an inch and a half shorter, but he does have that good, strong base, low center of gravity, so he's going to have a lot of that stuff. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Um, On the defensive end, lots of bad there were some exciting moments, though. Tr- Tremont Waters is a pro. That dude has uh, played in the NBA before. He's been overseas for a while now. It- he's not very quick, not very big, but he's a very smart guard, and he's going to know how to attack young players. And he got several straight-line drives on Scoot, catching him. It, like Scoot would kind of be a little hoppy with his defensive stance, and he would like catch him as he was hopping and hit the gap. So as he's off the ground, he obviously can't move. And so he would just kind of take advantage of little body positioning tricks. Those are little things Scoot's going to have to get better at. You always want to be um, in your stance and you want to be careful with chopping your feet or jumping side to side because it leaves openings for guards to attack you. But then at the end of the game, right about mid-fourth quarter, about five minutes left, there was a play where uh, uh, he kind of cut off Tremont Waters a couple of times and then Tremont had to create at the end of the shot clock and you actually saw him get in a stance, slide his feet, stay disciplined and he really swallowed him up on that play and, 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 and I think he ended up jacking up a very, very difficult three that he ended up missing. So again, he has the potential to be a very good defensive player. It's just a question of whether or not he ever gets there. Um, his short range game reminds me of Colin Sexton. This is like where the differences or the similarities to Russell Westbrook kind of disappear. 
he stops on a dime instead of like sometimes he'll go directly to the rim and finish and he was able to finish over Victor several times which was really impressive there was one where he went down the lane and got Victor pinned on his backside and kind of jumped back into him so he had a little bit of separation and then you guys saw the 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 lanky right-handed finish on the left side of the rim where he just extended out and beat Victor to the spot so he can finish over the top of shot blocking but he also had a really impressive short range game there was a really nasty move in the third quarter I believe where he drove hard and just stopped on a dime and Victor and one other shot blocker went out of bounds and then he was able to kind of shoot a little short pop shot that kind of stuff reminds me of Colin Sexton the below the rim game from a great athlete close to the basket push shots floaters, short jump shots, a little bit of that Allen Iverson type of feel. Lots of good stuff there uh, with Scoot Henderson that's exciting. Again, with this archetype of player, there's lots of good sides and bads. None of the none of those guys who came before were able to erase all of the bad sides. Like, Russ never figured out shooting in defense. John Wall, we'll see this year because I've heard some good things about his shooting, but he's never really figured out shooting in defense. You know, Derrick Rose never figured out shooting in defense. Uh, it looks like John Morant might figure out shooting, but he's got so far to go on the defensive end of the floor. With Scoot, is he going to be the first guy who figures out how to be an impact defensive player and has the consistent shooting touch? If that's the case, he could be the first one of this archetype to reach the heights that like a Steph Curry has, as in a undersized player in the NBA that truly can hang with the best big wings and bigs around the league. He's a high-risk, high-reward pick, um, definitely projects to be something like a star, but he's definitely behind Victor Wembanyama in my in, in my opinion. Last thing I wanted to say today, um, mentality ends up playing a bigger role in all of this than anything, than the physical tools, than, than really anything. I mean, all you have to do is look at the top of the league, look how good Steph is, look how good Nikola Jokic is, and you know, look how good Luka Doncic is, and you see that the freak athlete type doesn't necessarily run the league. That's three of the top six or seven players that are not exceptional athletes. And it's because that mentality ends up like really controlling your destiny. There are tons of freak athletes that come through the league, you know, like uh, uh, how many of these six, six super athletic guards turn out to be like a Terrence Ross or a Ben McLemore instead of a Zach Levine or a James Harden. How many of your big wings that are versatile turn out to be like a Jeff Green instead of a Paul George or a Kawhi Leonard, right? Like all of it comes down to, are you willing to dedicate your life on a daily basis to working harder than all of the other pros around the league that are also working hard? That will be what determines whether or not Victor becomes the guy or Scoot Henderson becomes the guy or any of the other young prospects that we're looking at around the league. I'll give you two examples to kind of drive this point home. After 2020, everybody said Anthony Davis might be the best player in the world. I had him, I think, fourth, if I remember correctly, um, after that playoff run. And then what happened? He, he lost his drive. Showed up into camp, out of shape, two seasons in a row. As a result, dealt with injury problems and inconsistent shooting. And never has been the same player. I had him 18th in my player rankings. ESPN had him 20th. Like his mentality is just not the same. We sat there and we looked at Anthony Davis and thought, hey, this guy might rule the league one day. At one point in time in 2020, he was considered in the same conversations as Giannis. That's how good he was. But it just never panned out because he didn't have it up here. Same thing goes with Carl Towns. 
There were some moments in early in Carl Towns' career where everyone talked about him as potentially one of the best forwards, power forwards, to ever play the game in the future. But he just never figured out the defensive end of the floor, and he just never was consistent enough in his night in, night in and night out approach. And now both of those guys are kind of just like out of sight, out of mind when we're having best player in the league discussions. So all of this stuff with Victor is exciting. All of this stuff with Scoot is exciting, but it's really up to them and how much they care. Obviously, luck plays a role too in terms of health and situation. But at the end of the day, only they know deep down when it comes to their love of the game of basketball and how much they hate losing basketball games, how much they hate not being the best version of themselves yet, how much that drives them on a night-in and night-out basis, that's going to be what determines their outcome more than anything else. All right, guys, that is all I have for right now. Uh, We'll be back either later tonight or tomorrow with a video with me and Carson. We're going to be going over um, NBA futures, so bets that I like based on like over-unders, championship favorites, things along those lines, as well as the annual GM survey, which always has a bunch of interesting stuff. Some interesting um, similarities between the way GM see the game and the way we see the game, uh, like we've talked about on the show so much uh, over the year or so that we've been doing this. All right, as always, I sincerely appreciate your guys' support, and I'll see you next time. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love Love at at First first listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound... Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.